Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast on the impact of emerging technologies on facility management and the built environment. As we witness significant advancements in smart buildings, IoT, AI, it's crucial for facility management professionals to stay ahead of the curve and understand how these technologies can be leveraged to enhance building performance, sustainability, and occupant experience. In our discussion today, we'll share insights on the challenges and opportunities presented by these emerging technologies, as well as practical advice on how facility managers can evaluate, adopt, and integrate them into their day-to-day operations. I'm Stephanie Leontis, and I lead product marketing at Accruent. Accruent's a leading software provider of data-driven solutions for unifying the built environment. We help organizations optimize their real estate, facilities, and asset management strategies. I'm joined today with Luis Mojeron. Did I pronounce that correctly, no, Luis? Morejon. No, Morejon. Morejon, <laughs> sorry. Um, and I'll let um, Luis introduce himself. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you very much for inviting me. It would be great to have this conversation with you as a partner, yeah. uh, what we do with Accruent. Um, so I've been in the market for 20 years. Uh, right now, I lead the facility management organization and line of business at Newmar Global Corporate Services. And uh, we support clients across the globe in more than, right now, in more than 40 countries. And we, uh, most of what we do is supported by technology. Uh, and our technology, and sometimes we uh, use best-in-classes technology as uh, the one that accrued uh, in some of our clients here in the U.S. and across the globe. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you, and thank you for being here. I appreciate it. We're here at Cornet today, I forgot to mention, um, in Denver, and so it's been a great show so far. Um, Luis, there have been so many changes since COVID. We know that. Everybody knows exactly. that. But even in the last year, I... I remember a year ago being at some of these shows and talking to people even as something simple as about sensors and people were not, recept- not everybody was receptive at that point. They're cost prohibited, they weren't sure how they were going to use them, how do they get the data. Some, And I'm finding now just this year, and I think it was just the emerging AI technologies that came into the forefront, we all had, them. it just sort of changed the mindset of a lot of people. Definitely. Um, so tell me. How do you see emerging technologies such as smart buildings, IoT, impact day-to-day operations and responsibilities of FM professionals? Well, that, Stephanie, that's not, not, nothing new on that. So we've been using that for years, um, but it, it, it became more relevant after COVID. And we were last year in Chicago. It's great to be here in Denver, but I think that, that we're shifting the conversation because last year, for example, everybody thought we were going to be back in the office yeah. by now, and it hasn't happened, and I don't think it will happen uh, ever uh, at, at the same way it was before COVID. Uh, hence, more relevant to have the data to support real estate decisions. Not only facility management decisions, which are more tactical, but and, and, and now also becoming strategic, but if you don't have occupancy data, especially in the days that people are coming to the office. I mean, uh, all, all of us know, mo- mostly Tuesday to Thursday, so you need to know who is there, and more importantly, you need to know who is not there on Mondays and Fridays, so I think, or, or, or whatever. I mean, it, it, it's, it's impressive how companies has have reacted to this situation, but AOT 
and especially censoring our reservations. So I, I was here uh, uh, since uh, Thursday doing my MCR. We had a lot of conversation about uh, booking and being able, one of the business cases was about people coming to the office by booking their own uh, space and then recharging back to the business unit as per use. That is all based in technology. And for us facility managers, it, that is very important for us to dimension our services uh, in, in, in line with or aligned with uh, the occupancy of the building. I think that's one of the biggest challenges we are uh, facing now, and hopefully, you know, we are trying, so at least at Numer uh, Global Corporate Services, we're trying to act accordingly to that based on technology. Yeah. Uh, both technology on assets and uh, people, technology associated to people, uh, occupancy and attendance in, in the office. And, and it also affects portfolio size, right? What, what, they're, what they're doing with their portfolios. And, and so what are you hearing this past year? It, it, I'm going off topic a little bit about where I was going to go next, but I'm really interested because I hear all over the place, right? We're going back to work. We're not going back to work. Mandates, no mandates. I, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be long-term that people will be forced to come in the office. I think it's flexibility, right, depending on people's lifestyles. But that's going to affect real estate portfolios. 100%. Yeah. And, and more, most of the portfolio, if you haven't done anything with your portfolio by now, you're late to the game, okay? Hopefully, uh, most of uh, agile companies, let's call it again that way, or flexible, they were able to react quickly during COVID, and I, at the time I was on the end user side, so we did we did a, big, a huge reduction of of our portfolio at the time. It was a, a regional bank uh, in more than 20, 29 states in the U.S. We reduced our portfolio quickly in 2020. But if you haven't done that not by now, yeah. you're already you have a lot of surplus. And what I am seeing definitely today, most of my clients are addressing their portfolio in terms of efficiencies. And, uh, but, I mean, if you are now trying to sublease something in the market, well, welcome, okay? You, right. You're probably <laughs> having a lot of issues. And, and uh, if you don't are in the prime areas of cities, if you are not in the CBDs or, or uh, A-class type of buildings, or definitely on the, um, you know, logistic. I mean, that, that's a hot market, has been uh, since COVID and still now. Uh, if you see the occupancy, the, the, the um, ratios of, uh, um, of real estate available on the uh, warehouses, logistic, is almost nothing, okay? Uh, Nearshoring, we have later today one presentation about nearshoring, uh, people from uh, Latin America. It's a huge market right now. So, so not every uh, asset type are in the same situation after COVID. But definitely office is, is, is one of the biggest, uh, I mean, I would say um, they, have, they have more issues than anyone because of the occupancy. Yeah. And, and yes, companies are addressing definitely their portfolio. Yeah. yeah, so there are a couple of things that I, I want to get into. There's the A-class buildings. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's get into that a little bit. So. What are people doing with these emerging technologies to improve building performance, energy efficiency, sustainability, to create that A-class building? Well, I mean, if, if technology is, if you are in the A-class business, definitely technology is, is there. Yeah. And in smart buildings and all, all of that. So, but as a service, so when you create, I am talking more about the service side of the technology. I see. So having the employee interact with the built environment or 
the service providers or their corporate real estate department. So like from starting from I am here in the office or I will be in the office or throughout the day or the three days or the four days that you are in the office, how you interact with your uh, service organization, basically a real estate service organization from transportation. Because b- believe me, Stephanie, I mean, we are in the US, we are here in the summit in Denver, but when you look across the globe, you still have a lot of companies transporting and moving their employees back and forth to their headquarters or their campuses. And that's a big, big issue that you need to solve in terms of uh, equalizing the demand to the, um, uh, the, the requirements. So starting from that point, throughout the day, how the employee interact with the building, from food, um, obviously the classic hot cold calls and things like that. So if you want to be in an A class, if you want to attract your employee, definitely you need to give that extra that is enabled by technology. Without that, there's not A class building. And I'm talking about, again, reservation tools, okay? So, so people feel that when I am in the office, I can be where I need to be, yeah? Or I can book a meeting room for my team to meet in. And, and a what, seamless experience, exactly, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And they are integrated. So new generation is already in the workforce. They are easily using any technology that, that you throw at them. So that's, that's a good plus yeah. of this, and they are used to that. And they want to get the most of the... Uh, advantage when they go to the office. Otherwise, you, I, I heard this many times, and probably you heard, earn the commute. Yes, Okay, that's the right. earn the commute uh, cases, when I go to the office, I want to feel that I get something more than when I am at home. And, on, and that is mostly people, okay, interacting with people. And you need, you have to create that environment w- enabled by technology to for, for people to interact, to collaborate. Those limited time that they are in the office. Yes. Yeah. You want them to come in. And exactly. you were saying they know how to use the technology already, It's but it's an expectation, right, exactly. from some of some of the younger generations, right? It, I mean, it, it's this is how the world works now for yeah. them. Definitely. Look, one thing that I would say on that, most of the, so the new generation is called 20 to 30 years old that are now coming to the market after college. They, they, they use Slack or Teams channels to communicate, to create, even to ask for services or, or being disagreeing with something that is happening in the office. And one of the things that AI, because that's a big disruptor yes. in our environment, everywhere in, the, in any market, but definitely in the, in the corporate real estate, how to, in, how to integrate the Teams or Slack channels into what we do normally as FM, our asset management uh, type of tools, you know, the classic CMMS, okay? So I think AI can do a lot to integrate those requests that are not official requests, that are not the way we used to request a work order. It's just like, hey, do you feel that in the third floor we are having cold? Is it a little bit cold today? How we capture that quickly, oh. convert that into a work order or, or action, uh, because you cannot follow. Uh, somebody told me the other day, he has like 40 channels, okay, Slack channels. Most companies have, I mean, high-tech companies, they have multiple channels, and you cannot scrub information. You need to be aware. So somebody or some something <laughs> has to be aware of what is happening and convert that into the actionable um, actionable uh, request to our facility managers to be able to 
resolve this situation. Interesting, so picking up that metadata of the conversation, putting it into a work order. I hadn't heard about that in the FM space in that way, but last month I was at a different show, I was at a round table and we were talking, and somebody talked about where they think the future should go or some technologies that would help, which is very similar but a little bit um, scarier almost, as he said, I would love to be in meetings, have AI pick up the conversation in those meetings and suggest topics to move forward <laughs> during that conversation. So a little bit scarier, uh, a little yes. hits home a little bit more, but it's the same thing, right? Where it picks up that metadata from that conversation. Exactly. I mean, you know what, what's going to happen with our phones right now, right? Yeah. Well, you probably already get targeted with so many building management type of things, but it's going to hear our conversation. They are hearing. That yeah. they are, somebody's and then, hearing. And then we're going to get ads on that. Exactly. Well, look, I mean, I, I think we need to adapt ourselves to that. It's happening. Yes. So you cannot uh, prevent that from not happening because it, the technology is there, they're listening, uh, AI is there. So if you want to make a good debrief for a, of, a, of a meeting, and that's a tool available, why yes. not? But definitely, I, 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 I think, and I saw a technology, a very emerging startup that they are capturing multiple data uh, from different resources and different technology, including CMMS, um, uh, IoT, uh, temperature, um, air, air uh, quality, you, you name it, in yeah. batch data, and they can create dashboards just by just asking for the dashboard you want. And the way you ask is like uh, I would ask you, say, Stephanie, please, create me a dashboard about my total cost of occupancy based on the data that you have. Asking like that, they will that that tool will create. And look, I don't want to plug, but really, we are new global corporate services. We have a tool that gets a lot of a lot of data. So a new lead request is the name. is an integrated tool that gets the data from Akron. So mm -hmm. I use a lot FM 360 and Famis and so your tools. Um, and they that that tool leases um, sentiment. And you can create a portfolio strategy. So yes. that's that's powerful. And I think uh, uh, all service provider, technology companies are now thinking how to integrate data using AI yes. to create actionable data, basically to create actions, dashboard that let you know where you go next. And that's that's you know I, I am I'm a big fan of AI to be honest. I, I am fan. I am too, and I recently um, was hearing somebody speak who said, if you don't jump on board with AI and learn it and use it, you're going to be the one that falls behind. So totally. it, it optimizes your work, right? It's better performance. But talking about all that data, so it's interesting. So. How are you, I wanted to go back to this a little bit earlier, yeah. how are people right now, are you hearing people talking about using AI to gather all that data to make actionable insights and recommendations? Or what are people doing right now to get all of that data well, to optimize you, portfolios? I think the most advanced companies in the world are already using it. I mean, definitely we are at, at Newmar. I mean, we, we, we have our own AI tool internally yeah. uh, in order to keep the data and, and, and then, you know, we have a lot of proprietary data from our clients, so it's an internal environment, but I, I think if you're not doing that, you're missing out. Um, and, and here's the thing, I mean, AI would not replace our job, or, or would not replace FM jobs, let's yeah. say, or corporate real estate job. AI would replace the jobs of the people of a corporate real estate executive that don't use AI. 
So, I'm with you on that exactly. 100%. So, yeah. so you have to embrace, look, I, it's like my son used AI, I didn't know this, by the way, when ChatGPT first came, I mean public, I, I, I was speaking with him and he was 19 at the time, I said, hey, you heard about this? I said, I've been using that already for two years. So probably he's already studying between big, big brackets using AI, yeah. but it's like if you have a calculator and you have a complex mathematical uh, you know, um, calculation to do, why don't use it, okay? Um, same as AI. So the, 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 the beauty is how to integrate it in a, in a way that is meaningful and helpful yes. instead of harmful, yeah? That's my, right. my I, take on that. I agree. And at Accru, we also have our internal AI chat tool as well because you don't want to let go of that proprietary information. But it's still there to help. We're encouraged to use it. It, you know, increases performance like we've been saying. So are you seeing that... How are people, I mean, the big corporations are using it, but are people, are you seeing resistance still, or do you think? I don't know. I, I can tell that I can, I use it a lot. I mean, yeah. ChatGPT, I use it. I try to use some images, type of creation, AI, PowerPoint. They have already mm -hmm. a couple of them. Yeah. So, I mean, you, uh, uh, look, I don't know. I am using it, okay, yeah. as, as much as I can. Uh, it helps me a lot. Um, and, and even multi-language, you know, I, I, as I said, we work uh, in more than 40 countries. So I have a lot of multi-language situations where I use AI better than Google. Google Translator was one of the first, which has improved a lot recently. But I use Grammarly, I know, uh, so to imp improve the way I write. That's a use of AI, and they make a lot of recommendations. Why don't you say it this way? So I think it, it helps yeah. And, and, and we want to use it more on the built environment. I mean, we're trying now to collect data and use AI to do the analysis of that data mm -hmm. to propose what we should do. Based, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about simple things like pumps, chillers, air conditioning, lighting. So how can we use that data in order to support our facility managers in their buildings to make those buildings more intelligent if you want? Right. Yeah? We were... We, we, we had a, a, a smart buildings. Now we want super smart, super intelligent smart. buildings, yes, using AI. So that's, I think, I, 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 but I, I think the adoption is not as fast as I would imagine. Okay? Yeah. That's that's true. That's what I that's what I was wondering. There's a lot of talk about it. I think we're in the learning stage right now where you're going to the conferences, there's always a few topics on it, people are learning and then they'll they'll jump on because it's not gonna go away. So that brings up then what do facilities managers what challenges do they face in adopting and integrating these new technologies into their existing systems and processes, and how do they overcome that? Well, I mean, the biggest the biggest challenge is education and training. I think people that were in the market 20 years ago when I started an FM, if they haven't taken the, the necessary trainings between, I mean, especially in the last five years, you have people that are obsolete in the market. So I would encourage, that's the biggest. And, and again, we're doing a lot to, for our facility managers up to, so starting from the line people like technicians, building engineers, uh, receptionists, and hospitality. Big, big topic, by the way, and you need to train. 
them because now the, the office is a choice, okay? It's not that people are coming when they need it, as we talked before. Yeah. So you need to train your people. So I think that's one of the biggest challenge, and companies have to provide that, and we are investing at Newmar Global Corporate Services, investing a lot in, in, in this conference like this one, bringing people in trainings like MCR or different type of training that uh, Coronet provide, but also other organizations. So you have to train people for what is already here. Unfortunately, AI was a huge disruption and we are now figuring out how to train people. But that, that, would, that would be easy, to be honest. It's just to have the will to do that. Then the second thing I would say for those people, and we're talking facility manage, managers that are in the building, is to adapt the services to the demand. So, big topic. Um, we're saving a lot of money to our clients by adapting, making very slight adapt, adapt, uh, so adaptations, if you want, or, or changes to the way we provide the services, depending on the occupancy. And for that, for that, we need data. Yeah. We need occupancy data. We need batch data, whatever it is, to know how many people are in the building, where are they, what spaces they are using, and then we adapt our janitorial services. Uh, maintenance services, um, outages prepa preparation services, so when you are in the data center, critical environment world. So all of that, uh, it, it, you need to give the tools, those facility managers, to be able to make those decisions at the moment are happening. You cannot make a decision tomorrow. If you have 50% occupancy today, and tomorrow you have 20, you just, or you have 100, let's say, full, because you have an event, or you have an all-hands meeting, you need to know that in advance and act very quickly. So, you know, I, that, those two, for me, are one of the biggest uh, challenges on the facility management side, yes. because we are talking about that. Yeah. And, and look, if, if you want all... Uh, uh, out, 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 outdated um, facilities, I say, or plans, how to bring those to the level of information that you get from a new built a smart building. So that's the third, I would say. So because not everybody has buildings that were just built yesterday, right. and even if you build before the pandemic, the needs of data today are different. Completely, so, exactly. Yes. So you need to adapt those uh, outdated buildings and and, and plants and uh, equipment and assets to the current moment, and that is a challenge that oh, well, companies are addressing it, but. Uh, still, in, in, in some cases, it's still pricey. It's too expensive to update a, a, a central plan from the 90s or the 80s, yeah. which are still in a very good condition and delivering what, the services that we need in the building um, at the level that today we need. But that's the challenge that we are we are going to overcome. Yeah. So we talked about the A-class properties. Are you seeing when people are evaluating their corporate real estate portfolios that they're letting some of those older ones go if they need to let go of some? I have seen some. I come from San Francisco, so I, if you go to San Francisco, you, you can see that easily. It's in the press. So most of the trophy buildings San Francisco had. I don't know by now because it's filling out very quickly, to be honest. Again, with the AI talent that is in the Bay Area, yeah. and they need to capture that. So, hence, San Francisco is becoming, again, hopefully, a hot place to those companies. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, most recently, a couple of subleases have been signed that are, I think, will change the, the trend. With uh, Class A or Class A? Okay. Super, I mean, like yeah. top, 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 top Class A. Yes, uh, but but those are 
you know, the easiest to go out. San Francisco was a little bit behind. I'm not a broker. I'm not a real, but I see what I'm seeing. My cl my clients, um, the brokers from Numara, you know, I participate in, a, in, in our, um, you know, um, meetings and um, sharing ideas and what is happening in the market. So I, I believe um, those buildings that are better prepared to come back yes. between brackets yeah. are, are going to be in a better in, in a better position because it's all about attracting attracting talent and there where the talent is and then and then to come to the office so two components there you you can have a building or, or your asset in a, in, a, in a building close to your talent, but then you need to attract the talent to come to the building, as we already mentioned at yeah. the beginning. But yes, I think I think A-class a, a building uh, will always perform better than others, uh, to be honest. That's suburban. But but suburban buildings are, 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 you know, also attractive for people that move out from the cities, yeah? But, you know, you've seen also New York recovering, some of the people that left, San Francisco with this latest news, probably the same. So we need to zoom out the topic of this summit to see the landscape and what will happen. What will happen? And we are talking only about the U.S., but definitely some some cities in Europe are already back. And, oh yeah, and well, well performing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the and they were addressing this long before the yes, long the before pandemic. COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah I, you know, I think we talked about flexibility, and and you know, you look at like if you're at home. Even if you're in the suburbs, you've got maybe you have five kids, right? Mm -hmm. Where is it easier to work? It's probably easier to work somewhere else. If you're in the city in New York and you have a small, you know, I don't know, 600-square-foot apartment, maybe it's easier to have all that high-tech, right, depending on your situation. Um, I, you know, for me, I work at home. It works out really well for me. But I sometimes also think it would be nice to have that office, right, to go in and, and you know, meet with the people. And when we have group meetings and team meetings and I fly in to meet my team, I love it. And so, and I know a lot of people are feeling that way now. It's been years of being isolated, if you want to call it that. I mean, I know we're not in lockdown. Or we were, anything, we but, were, yeah. we were isolated. Well, I think first of all, it depends on where you are in your career and in your age yes. and your family situation and your uh, uh, possibilities to have an office. I have a good office at home. It happened to be two years ago. I probably couldn't have it, or three, because I have my two kids at home. Okay, so it's a different situation now that I had uh, three, four years ago. Yeah. And I, I'm with me. Other people are in the same situation, but mostly. And and during the MCR, this topic came out, and I, because we are at the summit, uh, current at summit, I want to say that the the discussion we had there was about managers being in the office for their young talent. Okay, if you have people that you need to train, that you need to develop, it is necessary yes. that you are in the office. And at the day, at least the days that they are there, or I mean, you need to make a, a, your requirement, put yourself in, in their scheme and say, they want to be in the office to learn, uh, not only culture, it's to learn how to behave. It's a, it's a lot of things. It's to learn the history of the company. It's to have how things are, are done, have been done here forever or how things are doing now. So all of those interaction collisions happen when you are close to each other. And I think the, the managers and the leaders have to make themselves available for that young generation that prefer to be some days in the office. Yes. But so those days, you have to be there. It is, it is your duty as a leader to put yourself there and, and, and try to make 
the, the time at the office useful. Because the other thing is, you don't go to the office to be eight hours, 10 hours on calls in a booth. That's, that's well, I think that's a stupid. I yeah, mean, that's okay? right. And I hear about that happening in some places. Because yeah. we, they're, in, they're on Zoom in their office alone. During three years, yeah. that was what we were doing. So you <laughs> yeah. are not managing your time to, when you are in the office, interact face-to-face -face with the people out there. Have lunch, I was saying in my group the other day, if you have a lunch, in, in the office. Don't take the lunch and go to your place. Take the lunch in the cafeteria or in the area, breakout area, and sit down with you, Stephanie, and hey, how things are going? What, what are you working out uh, on now? And that is the way collaboration comes out. And yeah. you, you, you saw me here one month ago. We spoke in another event. Now we are here again. If we haven't seen each other, one month ago, we probably wouldn't be speaking today in this, pod, in this, that's, this that's, podcast. So. That's right. That's right. And I think we first met um, at another conference about a year ago. And yeah. you're right. This wouldn't be happening had we not met in person. That water cooler type exactly. of talk. Exactly. Yeah. And, we, and, you know, I've been hearing this a lot when we go, when we talk to customers and we go to different conferences with um, law firms, especially, even during lockdown, these yeah. young associates, and it happens everywhere. It's not just law firms, as you were saying, but, you know, these young associates, that's the culture of law firms right where they where they want to get promoted and be seen and have interaction with the partners and of, of the law firms and that's that's the culture of that and so I know well, there was a miss there you for mentioned sure. law firm it's, it's not different to corporate real estate yes. brokers yeah so brokers are, are are people people okay yeah. and they need to interact and, um, and we have recruited a lot of young talent in the last three four years and they need to have training. They need to have interaction with the uh, senior brokers. So I think it's, it's similar to law firms, uh, corporate real estate providers, and like the one are here, and definitely Newmark. We want people, especially that young generation, in the office at least useful time. You yeah. know, when they are there, they can really interact. They can learn, and they in the future they would do the same with the future next generation. So, yeah, it's, I think, and, and to be honest, I mean, there are a lot of studies about mental health and, and, and things, so be alone, be isolated, as you men yes. mentioned, working alone. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you have a family, like you say, five kids, you are alone, but you're not. So you're working on, on things. You are at home, you have a dog, you have two kids. They are, at the time of COVID, they were in school at home. So you are not alone. But there were people that were very Alone. lonely yeah, yeah very lonely during that period so i think the office sold for that the space let's not call it the office let's call it the works the work yes place. i agree yeah, yeah and, and that workplace needs to adapt to the needs that you have is an event is a is a meeting is a collaboration is a better technology sometimes how many times in the last three years you'll think oh sorry i cannot hear you because my internet is bad when you are in the office you are connected to the landline doesn't that doesn't happen i mean rarely happens so especially when you work like me in a global environment where people are not provided with the same uh, quality of con connectivity that you have in uh, you know in the US or in some countries in Europe so you need to be mindful of that and provide that ability whether it would be in the office or at home but definitely is a, is a key element of, of that interaction yeah. yeah so I want to backtrack a little bit and I know we're almost at time yes. I mean I have so many questions to ask you we won't get to all of them okay. but we were talking about the younger generation we were talking about the expectation you know of this seamless experience and I know that there's a shortage of people going into the FM profession huge right and and 
what I see, and, and I don't know, you would know more, so I'd love your perspective on, with AI and new technology and advancement, does that does that make it more appealing to come into the industry if somebody's coming in thinking they're at a cutting edge industry that's using all of this data and making these great decisions and using AI and IOT and Look, we have in the US, so, so you know, so I, I work in a global workplace initiative from the IFMA Foundation, okay, that is dedicated to this problem yeah. with the FM professionals, and I know Coronet does a lot also training people. There are 19 universities, colleges in the US that have accredited program, FM accredited program. So you, we are attracting managers, so facility managers. So in a, I, 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 I don't think it will solve the problem, but at least at that level, we have some traction. I am more worried about the level below, building engineers, mm. I mean, up to janitors. That, those are key people in the FM industry, food, provision, chefs, um, people that, you know, do the whole cafeteria services, hospitality professionals. So we are competing now for the same talent as Hyatt or Marriott, okay? So in the hospitality. So how we are become more appealing to those pro those professionals to come to the corporate real estate or FM industry than going to the classic hospitality environment that you would call Hilton or, you know, any of the change that yeah. you, you know, or all the type of hospitality, music event, stadiums and things like that. So that's a big issue and we need to make the, the for those professionals to come here very appealing. And I, I, as I said before, AI won't replace the facility manager. AI will replace a facility manager that don't use it AI use and don't use technology. Not not only AI, at all, all technology. So I think we need to do more. To be honest, it's a huge problem. As if we're talking about thousands of people. You can ask all the companies here in the floor how many openings they have today. If they have that data, I know mine, I cannot say, yeah. but it's a little bit worried. I'm worried about that, how many people we cannot fill every single day. And some of my peers here could tell you the same story because there are not, there are not enough people in the market ready to uh, take a job, okay? They need to go through that learning, especially on the highly technical environment, labs, data center, production lines, uh, outside of the yellow line, but still complex facilities, you don't have the talent to manage, uh, today ready, yeah. to manage all the, the portfolio the, the, the available today. So that's something that we all as professional, and Coronet's doing a lot through the chapter. I, I encourage everyone, young professionals, if I can do a, a plug here, young professional, please <laughs> join any of the industry organization. Coronet being one of them, a great young program, young leaders program, a lot of uh, uh, possibility for those to be, um, you know, financially to support. And I, I really encourage them to join. I mean, join here. Uh, some of my friends are walking around and I, they would be <laughs> agree with me that they, they, this is something, I've been member of Coronets in 2006. Yeah, when I probably enter the more uh, the corporate real estate, estate industry, uh, because I was doing FM before, but more integrated, and it has been a great, a great uh, ride so far, and I hope it will be. Uh, uh, amazing the, the, the years to come. I do too. And I, I, I mean, I hope with this advent of new technology that it becomes a more desirable field to get into to do that learning. 
I know we're at time. One more quick question. Um, as the facility management industry continues to evolve and embrace emerging technologies, what skills and competencies are the most critical for FMs to develop in order to stay ahead of the curve and ensure well, long-term success? Great question. So, so we have a lot of organizations have tried to develop these competencies, and I know, so, well, I would say, in my case, I think empathy is one of the biggest ones, okay? You work for people, not for buildings, okay? It's great that you understand the building. So for years, we were focused on the technology, on the technical aspect of the facility management. You are to, we're talking about facility management. I know empathy is a kind of global big word, but it is important in our job that you understand the needs of your users, your clients. An employee as a client, so when you are an internal organization, FM internal organization, you, you provide services to your client. And your clients are your employees. And they are coming to the office as a client. They are not obliged. They are not, well, okay, they are not forced to come. To be honest, they are not forced. Even when you force them, they are not forced because they have options in other companies not to come to the office. So it's a choice, as I said. And for that reason, I think that empathy is one of the biggest ones. Um, technology savvy, not in the technical aspect. You need to be able to adapt yourself to the new technology. We're talking a lot about AI today. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're going to be talking next year in, in D.C. when we have our next Coronet Summit because it may be another thing. And you, you, need, you need to be able to adapt quickly to those changes and, if possible, be being ahead of that. And um, so, two, and, 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 and the third, I would say communication skills, okay? You as a, because you're talking to people, but so you normally don't talk to chillers, okay? And that's a, I, I say Chile because I come from Johnson Controls. We were a big air conditioning company and Chile is kind of the epitome of the facility <laughs> manager, yes? But you don't talk to equipment, but you talk to people. And when, when you are becoming more hospitality oriented, people oriented, your communication skills have to be developed, okay? And you need to, that, that goes very, very close to empathy. But you need to be also, first, put on the shoes of, the per, of, of your client. Second, being able to communicate and properly, properly understand what they are asking, what, what their requirement, because sometimes they don't tell you clearly and then communicate back to them the way. So those three would be, there are more, okay? So you know you need to have some financial knowledge, some, uh, you know, um, uh, project management, so mm -hmm. the ability to, to organize the, your days, your weeks, your month in a, in a way and organize others. Leadership skills, because you, in most of the cases, you're going to lead uh, uh, people. But if you have empathy, you have communication skill, and you are savvy or uh, flexible enough to learn new technologies, I, I think you will succeed in this market and in any other, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree, any market. Well, thank you. I, like I said, I have a lot of questions for you, but we ran out of time. Well, <laughs> so thank you. Yes. It's already 35 minutes. I yes. know. Thank you, Luis, for joining us. It was very insightful to, to cover all of the data, the new technology, what's needed for buildings and Cree and FM, and kind of move into what's needed for the FM industry with new professionals coming in. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for inviting me. I look forward to listening how this came out. Yeah, okay. yeah, bye me bye. too. Bye. Thank you. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.